Well, we continue our way through the Bread of Life discourse. A little interesting thought for you before we hear that, to contemplate about bread today. At the height of the Atkins low-carb diet craze in 2003 and 2004, the book Dr. Atkins' New Diet Revolution was translated into many, many languages, but never into Italian. Probably it's because of the Italian love of pasta, but could it be that such a Catholic country could not accept a diet that would, not, that would ex- implicitly reject the bread of life? Just a thought. You know, just like I'm the only person who says uh, Therese of Lisieux was the popular saint because she was the first saint to be photographed, and I used to be an optical engineer. I have these different ways of looking at things. But three questions for us. How does bread sustain us? How does Jesus Christ sustain us? How does the Eucharist sustain us? Well, I can't help it. I have to say something about the first reading, just looking out at who's here today and everything. This is a very important passage in the Acts of the Apostles. And Jesus told the apostles to spread the word in Jerusalem, Judea, and to the ends of the earth. Up until this point... In the Acts of the Apostles, we've heard about spreading the word in Jerusalem, now into Judea. And again, we hear here the apostles being led by the Holy Spirit to do things that only Jesus could do in the scriptures. Philip breaks open the word, interprets the scriptures in a way that's very similar to the disciples hearing Jesus on the way to Emmaus. And like them, he is snatched away once he has finished up what he has come to teach the eunuch. And I just think with all of the people in this room who have spent part of this past year breaking open the word for other people and are being sent other places, some of you are doing a great job of literally living this out. And our prayers go with you, even though we won't see a lot of you after today. We're going to miss you. But now, the homily proper. We have the words, I am, twice in our gospel passage today. It appears all through the gospel of John. And we believe that John is explicitly revisiting, uh, going back to Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, when God gives his sacred name to Moses, I am who am, today. I am the bread of life. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. From the earliest days of Christianity, Christians believed that Jesus became present in some way in the consecrated bread and wine. They didn't ask how in those early centuries. That was not the way they thought. They were not these people who were so into science that they wanted to know the exact moment and how it happened. They just knew that when they gathered, by the time they finished praying over this bread and wine, somehow Jesus Christ was truly present in it, body and soul, divinity, flesh, the whole kit and caboodle. It wasn't for another 1,200 years until Thomas Aquinas came up with this explanation called transubstantiation. Transubstantiation is an important concept, 
But sometimes I think we get so caught up in the philosophical language, because I don't think anybody in this group speaks about Aristotelian um, substances and accidents in any other aspect of their life, just about the Eucharist, that sometimes I think we miss the greater significance. At every Mass, we receive Jesus Christ, the bread of life, in the Eucharist. That bread nourishes us and strengthens us so that we can be Christ to others. How are we to be Christ to others? There's a communion hymn by Bernadette Farrell. I'd like to quote the last two lines of the refrain for you. She says, May we who eat be bread for others. May we who drink pour out our love. 